Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting. Because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side. Check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset, today. You were listening to the Health Mindset Podcast, episode 19. Welcome to the Health Mindset Podcast, where your mindset gets results. You know you want better health. You know you want to take action. Learn how to stop sabotaging your progress so you can achieve the level of health you've always wanted for your life. Now, here's your host, Master Certified Coach and Author, Andrea Hansen. Welcome. I am so glad you are here with me today, as always. Today, we're talking about one of the main reasons why change is so hard. Even when we want change, we welcome change. Change seems logical. It seems good. It seems like it's something we want to do to get the results that we ultimately want. Change is still really hard to do. We feel like we backtrack into our old habits. We think that we're sabotaging ourselves when we try to change. How many times have you thought that to yourself? I'm, why am I sabotaging all of these things that I really want to do? It's not always sabotage. Sometimes the answer is much simpler than that. There's a big reason why we keep returning to our old habits. And today, I'm going to be talking about this reason and how to lessen its grip on us so that we're free to make changes in our lives without feeling like we're swimming upstream. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you how to turn this whole trend of change being so hard on its head and actually use it to your advantage. Last week, I took a trip back to Dallas back home. This is where I lived for 24 years. This is where I met my husband. It's where my family is. And some of my really good friends live there too. And it was so nice to get back after living in Colorado for the past six months. Now, I want to be honest with you, because when am I not? (laughs) I don't love Dallas. As a place, as a city, don't love it. It's got its charms, sure. But I think it's kind of blah. And I always have ever since I moved there. But this past week, I loved being there. Family and friends aside, because of course, you know, who doesn't love being around their friends? And some people (laughs) love being around their family. I love being around my family. But putting that aside, I loved just driving the streets that had this crazy traffic. I loved every strip mall that I drove by. I loved the construction, the humidity, the, the big hair, and the, the dualies that have the 60-inch tires that you see. Now, for those of you who live north of the Mason-Dixon, <laughs> I should tell you what a dually is. A dually is a huge pickup truck that looks like twice the size, and they usually have these big 
tires. At first, I found it a bit odd that I missed all of it because one of the reasons that I moved to Colorado is because I felt zero affection towards any of these things. But then it really hit me. It was all really familiar to me. Love it or not, I know Texas. I know it well. I lived there for a really long time. I'm comfortable in the Texas culture. All the traffic and the hairspray and the big trucks are familiar. And familiarity feels good, no matter what it is. I moved willingly and quite quickly to Colorado. Moving to Colorado was a wanted change. I love it here. Every day is fantastic. And it's no joke, and I know that's kind of annoying, but I love every single day that I live here. But Colorado is not familiar. I don't know it like the back of my hand. I don't know where the old downtown drugstore used to be. I don't run into people that I went to high school with. I don't look over on the freeway and see, you know, someone that goes to my gym that I know really well, which absolutely happens in Dallas. I don't know people that well here yet. So every day in Colorado is spent learning new things, meeting new people. Every day is a learning curve. And I've been longing for Colorado to seem familiar to me, and it will, but it's going to take a little bit of time. And in the meantime, going back to my old neighborhood, back to Dallas, even though I don't necessarily want to live there anymore, it felt really good. This whole trip back to Dallas got me thinking about familiarity versus change in our lives. And physically moving states is a pretty big example, but we want to make lifestyle changes, which can sometimes seem just as big as moving to a different state. Finding a workout that you like and that you stick with, changing up your diet, maybe changing how much water you drink in your day, changing when you go to bed, when you wake up, changing how you deal with the drama with your family and with your friends. They're the same as moving to Colorado. These are wanted changes to your life, ones that you may have been thinking about for a while, and these changes seem logical and they seem good, but they're not familiar, not yet. And when we return to the familiar, not working out, eating gluten or whatever it is that you've decided not to eat, finding ourselves right back into the middle of trying to control a conflict, maybe with our family. We see this as failing. We see it as falling off the wagon. We make it mean that we're never going to change for good. But what if we just saw that as a brief return to what's familiar? It turns out that there's a lot to that, and it doesn't mean that we're failing. It can actually mean the exact opposite and we can use this idea of familiarity to our advantage when we're making changes. It turns out that there's a lot of reasons why we favor the familiar. First one is just habits. The whole point of a habit is to conserve our energy. Each time that we make a decision in our day, it takes energy. And more specifically, it takes willpower. That's actually what willpower is used for. It's making decisions. Steve Jobs famously wore the same t-shirt and jeans every single day, or I should say mock turtleneck, I guess is what he wore. And he did this because it made one less decision in his day that he had to make. He did it to conserve energy. So instead of wondering what he was going to wear, he was helping to design the iPhone. 
And there's a lot of uh, CEOs and really successful business people who follow this model. I think Mark Zuckerberg does that and other people as well. Making decisions is why traveling anywhere can really drain us. Do you ever just going on vacation, just that one travel day, do you ever notice that you are so tired? And it's not that traveling is particularly hard, right? Flying or driving to a destination, pretty easy, right? Most of us have the hang of it. But you have to make a ton of novel decisions because you're in a different location, different airport, different freeway, and nothing is rote. Nothing is habitual. Your focus, your weighing of the options, your conscious decisions on just about everything take energy and they take your willpower. Think about that opposed to daily life where you brush your teeth every single day, hopefully. (laughs) But where you do it is the same. You probably don't even think about how to drive to the gym or how to drive to work. You probably even on some days forget about the drive entirely because it is so habitual. There are fewer decisions that you have to consciously make because you have so many habits built into your normal everyday life. Rote decisions and habits take much less energy. So when we're creating a change in our life, it's like we're traveling to a new place. Every decision is consciously made. And when a decision isn't consciously made, that's when we realize that we're eating something that we told ourselves that we wouldn't eat, right? Do you ever ever find yourself like all of a sudden putting cheese on your salad or something and you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot that I I told myself that I wasn't going to do that this week. That's when you're making a change and you're not completely conscious with every single decision. Our brains like the familiar They like habits, and they will refer back to them as much as it can, often to the detriment of the changes that we want to make. One of the reasons that our brain does this is because familiarity feels good. I see familiarity actually as an emotional state. A habit doesn't necessarily feel good. It's just something that we get used to doing. But if something is familiar, it feels like home. Right? We all want this feeling. We all want that safe, secure, just ah kind of feeling. And when we're around things that are familiar, that's how it feels. And our brains like familiarity for this reason. If something is familiar, we don't have to worry about it. Think about it in the evolutionary standpoint. Because again, a lot of our brain, not all of our brain, but a lot of our brain has been with us for thousands and thousands of years. And so from way back long ago, if we were familiar with it, it didn't pose a threat. It won't surprise us. It won't be risky. You don't have to love it necessarily. Just be familiar with it. Even cold comfort is still comfort. So our brains like familiarity because that's how they can assess risk. And the part of our brain that prefers the familiar is more concerned with making us less exposed to risk than it is with us evolving into what we ultimately want to be. And I love thinking about this part of our brains because to me it takes the it takes the personal attack out of going back to old behavior. Sometimes we feel like we're being sabotaged, sometimes we feel like we're going against ourselves. It can feel very personal. 
when we go back and you know watch a house hunting marathon on TV instead of going to the gym. We can get very upset about it. But just knowing that this is a primal part of our brain doing what it's done for thousands of years makes it less personal and makes it easier to deal with. Another reason why our brains favor the familiar is something called the exposure effect. And I think this is really interesting. It means that even though there's no truth to it, (laughs) there's really no real truth to it, when we see things as familiar, we tend to trust them. We tend to see them as friends if it's people, or we tend to see it as safe if it's a behavior. So for example, let's say you see your neighbor every day when you go check the mail. Maybe you don't even talk to your neighbor. Let's say like you've never said a word to your neighbor, but you see them every single day when you get your mail. You are more likely to think that that person is trustworthy just because you're familiar with them. You actually have no idea, but your brain says, yes, I know that person. That person can be trusted just because of this exposure effect. And our brain thinks this because something familiar, something that it's seen and in a way studied a little bit, it thinks that it's not going to surprise us, at least not in a completely unexpected way. And that bodes well for survival. Remember, this is a really old part of our brain. We instinctively want to surround ourselves with people and with things that pose no risk and pose no surprises, which you can imagine is a little bit at odds when you want to make a change, when you want things that are different. You don't want your status quo anymore. But it makes so much sense that this is why it's hard to change. So look at this this whole defense mechanism, which is what this is. Look at it when you're making a change. Maybe you, let's say you want to get up two hours earlier in the morning. You want this new routine. Staying in bed and sleeping in is familiar. It's good. Your brain favors this activity, even if logically it's not something that you think is good to do anymore. In the beginning, you're more exposed to sleeping than you are to getting up early. And it feels hard to break into that new routine. Getting up early feels awkward. It can feel clumsy for sure. Staying in bed feels cozy. It feels so relaxing. Because in the beginning of change, staying in bed is what's familiar. That's it. That's all that's happening. And you have thousands of years of this mental conditioning to break through in order to switch to something that's new. But the good news is it's not as dramatic as it sounds. I know that sounds really big and scary. It's really not. Especially now that you know what's going on. What we all want to get to is this tipping point between what's familiar in your old habits and what is now a new change that is familiar to you. A lot of times they say it takes 21 days or some variation to make a new habit. Put that out of your head. It's actually a bit longer than that. It's actually two to three months to create a new habit. However, I think creating a new familiarity is a little bit different than creating a new habit. Habit is, it's an action like quitting smoking or starting to run in the morning. It's one thing that you want to do again and again. Making a lifestyle change become familiar is a larger and more simple version of a habit. Familiarity is just basic knowledge. Think of it like when you're learning a language. Being familiar with another language is very different than being fluent in another language. I look at creating a habit and having something stick as a habit as becoming fluent. This is just basic basic knowledge. 
So just getting familiar with going to the gym, like driving there, knowing where the locker room is, knowing who the trainers are, for example, goes a really long way to creating the change where you want to go to the gym, let's say five times a week. We want to use this exposure effect to our advantage, and we totally can. We want to become familiar with something, and then our brain will favor that. And the way that you use this exposure effect to your advantage is by living consciously in our new surroundings for an extended period of time. The tipping point of when the change is now the familiar will vary. It depends on how long you're exposed to the change. It depends on how often you go back to your old familiarity. You need to keep exposing yourself to the change, but pretty quickly you're going to notice this new familiarity. In a minute, I'm going to tell you how to start to do this in your own life this week. But first, I want to make a quick distinction here because I feel like it's necessary. We are not forcing change. Instead, what we're doing is we're using your mindset to allow change. It's a much more peaceful and easy way to do it. Forcing change is generally a go-to for people. They have that just do it mentality. I'm just going to do it for 21 days or whatever, and it's going to become a habit. They make themselves do it again and again and again. And you may have done that yourself. I have certainly (laughs) tried to do that many times. Certainly tried to create habits by making myself just get it done. But you may also notice that that's not really, number one, that easy. And it also doesn't necessarily create successful change. When we do it that way, we tend to fall out of the habit again. We really do sabotage ourselves for real because maybe we don't really want to do it. We don't really give ourselves room to know if this is something that we really want to do. We just think we have to force ourselves to get there. And there's no shame, right? We've all done it that way. We've all forced a habit and then tried to convince ourselves and everybody else that we love doing this. And oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. And then like stop doing it a month later (laughs) because it's just so hard and you reach that point, it's okay. But here's a much easier way to do it. Using your mindset to allow change, it's like swimming downstream. Your brain craves familiarity. We know this. So give your brain familiarity. And an easy way to do that is to get yourself used to the idea before you even take action. And I'm not just talking about thinking about something before you do it. I mean, that can be part of it. But I'm going to show you how to actually physically change your environment so that you create this familiarity. And what this all does is play into using your mindset to get healthy. Because remember, to make any changes fold seamlessly into your life, you must address your mindset before you take any action at all. Here's the bottom line. You are not a failure if you fall back into what's familiar to you, even if what's familiar to you is cheesy poofs and chocolate cake. You're not a failure. I spent many, many years believing that I was weak or something was wrong with me because eating cake felt really good. Like I could just wrap myself in it and just go to sleep in chocolate cake. That's how good it felt. And I was so ashamed of that. But one of the biggest mindset changes that I made happened when I no longer thought of eating crappy food as a relaxing vacation from being good all the time. 
Now, you may think that going back to Dallas meant that Colorado was still so unfamiliar to me, and it was. But the cool thing is, is when I came back from Dallas to my home here in Colorado, it felt so much more familiar. My own bed, my own dog, my backyard. Colorado was becoming more familiar than a place that I had lived for 24 years. Sometimes it takes going back and forth to cement the new change as being familiar and the old way of doing things as foreign. This isn't failing. This is learning, reprogramming, using what we know about our brains to our advantage. And when you think about going back and eating chocolate cake or doing something else as an advantage, as not failing, but actually cementing the new change even farther into what is familiar, it is so much easier to then get back into your new change. You don't wallow so much when you do, quote, fall off the wagon because you know you haven't. So think about that. Next time you go back, cut out the drama. Know that this is just our brain and how it's been operating for thousands of years and that you can actually use it to your advantage in your very next step. So before I give you those exact steps to making change seem familiar, for more on this topic and how it can help you, visit the show notes. You can get there by going to andreahansencoaching.com slash HMP019. What I want to give you to work on this week is how to make the strange familiar. Starting a new piece of changing your health can feel strange, like you're forcing a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't feel normal to start a gym class. It doesn't feel normal to even drink a glass of water first thing in the morning if that's not what you're used to. That's because just forcing yourself to take action doesn't work. Not for long. You've probably noticed this already. You want to ease into it. And here's a simple tool that's going to help you do it this week. So number one, I want you to think of something new that you want to incorporate into your life. Just one thing. So for this example, I'm going to say the new thing is going for a walk first thing in the morning. Once you know what you want to do, your, your change, the second thing to do is to set yourself up to become familiar with this new action. So if you go back to the example for walking first thing in the morning, start getting up at the new time. Don't make yourself do anything else. Just get familiar with getting up at that time. Or you can, you can wear your running shoes or your walking shoes a few times. Get familiar with putting them on. Get familiar with how it feels to walk in them. Uh, You can drive the route that you're going to walk. Get familiar with exactly where you want to go. Know the clothes that you want to wear. Become familiar with where they are, maybe in your dresser, what they feel like, how they look. All of that stuff. Just become familiar with it before you even start walking. And it seems really super easy But this is how you get familiar. This is how it makes it a lot easier to step into this new action. We make these things really hard (laughs) for ourselves, right? We spring into action immediately and then we get really frustrated. We get burned out and we don't keep up with it. Then we beat ourselves up. We blame the circumstances in our lives for not being able to stick with it. We do all sorts of things and we make it really, really complex. Don't overthink things this week. Use a few things to get familiar with the change that you want to make. Then, as you start to take action, you're doing something more familiar. And you'll start to trick your brain into believing that it's good and that it's non-risky and that it's totally familiar and fine. Remember, do your mindset piece first, then take your action second. 
and that will make your action so much easier. Hey, if you love this podcast, talk about it. Share it on Instagram, put it on Facebook or whatever social media that you love. Tell people who are just like you that you think are gonna love this too. My mission is to spread the word that getting healthy doesn't mean you have to suck it up and do things that you don't wanna do. That's gross. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I don't want you to do it. There's an easier way that does not include medication or surgery or anything crazy expensive. It just takes learning how to use the most powerful tool that you have, your mindset. And remember, you can always reach me by emailing me at contact at andreahansencoaching.com. Love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more good stuff on how you can stop striving and start achieving your healthy, beautiful life. Until next time, take care.